The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wansley. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. With me here today to talk some real estate is Mr. Scott Van Ostrand. Scott is a multifamily mentor out of the Houston office, and uh, Scott's going to work with us today uh, talking about all aspects of deciding whether or not you might be a candidate to invest in real estate outside of your city that you actually live in. Uh, Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dale. How are we doing today? Very good, sir. Very good, considering everything in the world that's got to get done to get this big ambassador party going. So we're really busy over here at this end of the world. But on your side, you seem to be very busy also. I mean, uh, you like hopping jet airplanes all over the country or driving for hours and hours and hours to get places. You've made some decisions <laughs> here in the last year and a half to, to diversify your locations quite a bit. Um, let's let's talk about that. Um what what are the pros and well let's, let's keep it easy let's start short why would someone even consider that hey i'll give you an example 25 years ago when i started lifestyles i told people to buy real estate within a couple blocks of their house then i said nah you know what i've been able to find deals all the way from you know north houston conroe down to galveston all the way out to federal road fort you know Bo- beaumont baytown and i expanded my search then we started going to dallas and then San Antonio, then Austin. And we said, yeah, but these are all really our sister cities. And then we started going to crazy places all over the state, Waco and and um, Corpus Christi. And then somebody, oh, Huntsville and college, college towns all over the place. And then somebody decided to buy something out of state. And at each time we step outside of our circle, Scott, our abilities grow, our knowledge grows, and our availability to deals grows. So let's talk about your perception since you, as a consultant, as the mentor, multifamily mentor. When people come to you and discuss this issue with you, how do you, how do you sort it out for them whether or not they're cut out to be an out-of-town owner? So, you know, we talk about real estate all the time, and that is the core of what we do. But what I like to emphasize is that we're what we're really doing is buying businesses. And the business just happens to be based in real estate. So if you think about this and outside of what we do, if you go talk to Tillman Fertitta, guy that owns all the Landry's restaurants, the Golden Nugget, uh, just built the hotel with the Rolls-Royce dealership and all that, he would tell you he's in the hospitality business. And I think of that uh, very similarly. I don't want to think of it just as real estate. That's just the vehicle that provides the backstop for what it is that we do in buying these businesses. So the first 
question that you always have to ask yourself, and when I'm dealing with uh, the newer folks, is you're kind of sizing up their business acumen, and are they thinking of it as a business? And once they get past that, you've got to find your kind of threshold for pain for what you're willing to do. Because as you said, you can find real estate on your, the block that you live on, and you can certainly work the area that you live in. When I first started with Lifestyles, my original business plan was to have five properties and very much like a, a Jack Welch mentality, always get rid of the worst property and upgrade it in order to upgrade my portfolio. But I thought five properties was manageable. I could do that inside of Houston. For my work, I've never really had to travel much and be away from my wife or my kids. And that was important to me. So I saw no reason why I ever needed to step outside of a city of 4 million or whatever Houston is in order to, you know, expand on that business or fulfill that business model. And it was a, a real awakening uh, many years later, just uh, probably eight years after I started this, before I did the first one that was out of town. But what we have is we've added members into these major markets that we're in is that we've created competition for ourselves. And, you know, I forget the numbers of units that we own just in Houston, but it's a really high number. And we have a lot of properties that trade from member to member because of that. So people have started expanding into some of the outlying areas, all the way to Beaumont, Port Arthur and Orange in that area, uh, you know, up to Huntsville, I think you mentioned, uh, down to areas like Lake Jackson, Bay City and, and Galveston, all of these areas. And when I'm talking to somebody and they live in North Houston up in the Conroe area and they're looking at Galveston, it seems like it's in the same market. Well, let's face it, it's a two-hour drive. And so you've got to analyze it like a business and say, is the risk-reward worth the effort and expense to support from any distance away from your house that's not down the street? And, and that's the thing that I really try and get them to focus on when we're just starting the discussions on that sort of stuff. So um, you're making no you're making a good point. I want I want to highlight a point that you made because it's a very good point that I don't think that I clarify as well as you have right now. And that is, hey, being out of town is not necessarily being out of the city. It's how far away it is. It really makes a difference. So buying something in Huntsville is if you live in Fort Bend is not any harder than buying something uh, in Galveston if you live in Conroe. I mean, it's the same kind of distance. It just doesn't seem like it because you're going cross town. So that's a very good point, Scott. The, what is that distance? It, is it an hour? Is it two hours? What is it? Is the distance where it's uncomfortable to be in business? You, have you know, to be in your business? so I've had to answer this question for myself just in Houston. And, you know, I own three properties down in Clear Lake. I live very central in the gallery area. And fortunately for me, I'm always going against traffic. I'm, I'm driving down there when they're driving to work in the morning, and I'm driving back when they're driving home in the afternoon. So, you know, my commute sometimes is only 35 minutes to get to my closest property down there, maybe 45 minutes to get to the farthest one, uh, because I also get to pick the times of day that I'm doing it in. Uh, but if you're going with traffic in Houston, you know, that same trip could easily be over an hour. Uh, if you're catching it at the wrong times of day. So, I mean, I really think it's a personal preference, but why I bring it up is I've got uh, one member that I'm working with and a husband-wife team that were looking at deals all over the place, and they went to Bay City. Well, they live up in the, the Woodlands Conroe area, and it's probably a two-hour drive to get down to Bay City from up there. And it was a 40-unit deal. It was their first deal. 
And I said, look, you just got to be committed to making this drive whenever necessary. And in the beginning, this is going to be fairly often while you're getting your systems in place, getting the right people on the property to do the work, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it, it's a personal decision. It depends on kid commitments, family commitments, things like that. In some cases, we've got members that are still working that are also operating their own property. And so you've got to factor that in. Can this be done outside of your normal working structure without you having to quit your job before you're ready or maybe a job that you love uh, to do this full time? Uh, so it, I just find that's a very individual uh, question that, that I have to sit down and, and, you know, visit with each member and help them understand and make that decision for themselves. But by the same token, you know, I talk, I will talk about my Cincinnati properties. I can be in Cincinnati in two hours on a plane. Just costs me a little bit more to get there than it does to drive across town. Yeah. That's an interesting point too. Uh, when you, when you break it down that way, and you know, I've never sat down and thought about it in those terms, how many hours does it take to get to someplace? And if you can get on a jet and get there in an hour, that's, you know, you got drive time to the airport and drive time back to the property and back. You know, you, you can look at it in those sorts of terms. So let's go down to the next actual decision-making. Yeah, part. so so one of the things, uh, and this ties it back to the business uh, situation here. When Before I found Lifestyles, I had a copier company. And the way that I got my own copier company was I worked for somebody else. I saw a uh, opening in our product line that was not being met that our current customers needed. And I put together a business plan and tried to justify to the powers that be that we needed to expand into this additional line of business to service our customers. They elected not to do it. They said, let's stick to what we know and, and what we've been very profitable at and, you know, and, and not do that. I eventually elected to leave them and actually pursue the business plan that I had put together. So, again, it's that business mentality. It starts with a business plan, and that's where I try and start whenever I'm looking at an outside market or uh, working with one of our members and making a decision on where they should buy their first deal. All right, let's take a break right there, and when we come back, we'll pick it back up with the business plan and how you help people work through that when they come in to uh, get mentored by you. We take a short break. We'll be right back with Scott Van Ostrin and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. Lifestyles Unlimited is the real estate investor education and mentoring group that has been taking people by the hand and teaching them how to invest in real estate for over 28 years. Our students have been so successful at creating wealth and passive income that they have won local, state, and national investor of the year awards 12 of the last 12 years. It's easy to see why Think Realty Magazine named us the best in the U.S. If you're ready to add real estate to your portfolio, go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com to access our free live training event schedule. Dell says the things you just can't say to your friends, boss, kids, financial planner, spouse, even the cat. Need him to deliver the message for you? Don't worry. Dell's past show archives are just a mouse click away. So go to DellOnTheRadio.com and turn your speakers up for everyone to hear. Dell delivers his daily Dellisms and liberating unconventional wisdom 24 hours a day at DellOnTheRadio.com. 
Did you know that every dollar you invest in real estate makes you money five ways? Cash flow, money in your pocket each month. Equity capture, the thousands of dollars you create when you have the right team and buy the right property using the right map. Appreciation, real estate can increase in value over time. Equity buildup, renters pay down your mortgage each month. And finally, the tax advantage. When done correctly, real estate investors pay no taxes on our cash flow and capital gains. At Lifestyles Unlimited, these are the five ways we make money in real estate, which is why real estate accounts for more millionaires in the world today than any other investment vehicle. You should have some real estate in your portfolio. To learn how to attend a Lifestyles Unlimited free workshop, call 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com and register for the next available workshop. That's 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Scott Van Oster, a mentor, multifamily mentor out of Houston, Texas. Scott, as we went to break, you were talking about uh, the first decision on the decision tree when you sit down with somebody is... Uh, how deep is their business acumen? How much do they know about business? How does that weigh into how far away they can manage a business? Can you share that with us, what, where that relates and doesn't relate? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's directly um, related. You know, we have some people, well, our members come in with all sorts of levels of experience, and they start at all levels, right? We've got some that come into single family. We've got some that go direct to multifamily. And time commitments, uh, monetary commitments, and business acumen, I think, play uh, very big into that. So as an example, uh, and I think I used this one in the first uh, sector section, um, I had a uh, couple up in the Woodlands-Conroe area. They were looking in Bay City. Uh, after they got very deep into it, uh, they did an extremely deep investigation. They talked to local bankers, Chamber of Commerce. Uh, you know, they really sunk themselves into the community to decide what's good and what's bad in this area and why would we want to be here or not be here. That showed me an extreme level of business acumen and approach from a business standpoint. And they've done it twice now. Neither deal happened, but in my mind, they happened for they didn't happen for all the right reasons. Uh, so I, I, I have a tremendous respect for that, and I look for that uh, when I'm talking to people and, and in thinking on how much how how far should they go i mean it's kind of crazy when i look back that i started with 262 units on my first deal when you know most people i think come along and they probably do need to start at you know let's say 40 units or less or something like that because uh, the amount of money that's at risk uh, is extreme when you get into those larger numbers but let's okay, so, uh, why don't we transition oh go ahead yeah let's go ahead just go to the next level i was going to I was going to say, let's transition to kind of Cincinnati, and we'll see how I applied this uh, into the decision to go there. And kind of a recurring theme between my Cincinnati portfolio and now I've, I've started one in Del Rio that we'll talk about later is that I really wasn't looking for either one of these deals. They kind of came to me, and I started from square one and made the decision of, do I really want to go do this thing? So um, for Cincinnati, we'll have to go back. Uh, I think it's been a little over two years now. 
since I found this deal. And I had uh, I was up to four stabilized properties here in the Houston area. Uh, I had actually gone to a third-party management system from self-management to buy back time and lifestyle uh, for myself in kind of the later years of a couple of my kids graduating high school before they went off to college. And I was literally sitting on the couch one day, and the Cincinnati deal showed up in my email box. And just because it was Cincinnati, I normally delete this out-of-market stuff pretty quickly, but because it was Cincinnati, I clicked on it and said, huh, I wonder what's going on in Cincinnati. Now, here's thing one. If you're going to go do something like I did in Cincinnati that's a two-hour plane flight away, I think you need to have some tie to that area and some reason to be there. So in this case, my wife and I, first two and a half years we were married, we lived in Cincinnati, and we made some very good friends back then that we don't feel like we see enough. So this was an excuse to tie it to a business where we could write off those trips back there uh, as business trips and also see our friends while we were there, and, and that was kind of appealing. Um, I looked at the deal. I had, uh, at that point, probably seven years' uh, worth of knowledge of metrics that I had built up, my model that I had built up in Houston. And as I plugged in the numbers that were there in my head, I very quickly realized that relative to what I was getting in Houston, this was a good deal. And it had the added advantage of being a 55 and over property, which is a rare commodity and in hot demand uh, in Houston. People are looking for those things all over the place because they're in short supply. So that's what piqued my interest and really got me thinking, do I want to do this? And am I prepared to invest the time and the money and a little bit of sacrifice, not a lot, um, to make this deal work? So uh, I started to do a little research, uh, just started to establish my business plan on how I was going to make this thing happen. Um, my initial thoughts were the deal was big enough that I was not going to be able to do it solo. So I went to my two largest investors that I had done multiple deals with, and I said, if I put in the time and commit the effort to make this deal happen, would you back me on this thing before I ever did anything else? And I, I gave them, you know, we have a deal evaluator that we do on all of our properties. I had already built that up. I sent it over to them and said, you know, kind of here's the risk reward if you'll back me on this deal. And they both kind of gave me the green light to go ahead and take the next steps on that. Uh, I quickly went through uh, a regular, uh, what I would call, sale process that we go through, and that is I got on a plane. I went to Cincinnati. I visited the market. Uh, one of the two people who I had checked with that would be investors in this thing actually lives in Michigan, and he made the four-hour drive to meet me there and tour the property as well and give his opinion on things. So um, we, we did that after he went on his way. I spent time uh, a couple of nights uh, where I visited with some of these old friends I was mentioning. I also visited the apartment association uh, and, and really tried to confirm the things that I knew about Cincinnati uh, that were still valid because I hadn't lived there in 20 years at this point. And, you know, Cleveland is probably the city in Ohio that's gotten all the press over the last five or six years, and it's not been good press. So I wanted to make sure that the Cincinnati market that I thought I knew was, was in fact the Cincinnati market that's uh, still there. And uh, that, you know, there were a lot of changes. There was regentrification. There was movement in neighborhoods. But uh, a lot of the things that I assumed going in were still intact. Uh, one of the odd things that I found out as I was making my rounds is I realized that the flag flying outside the building that the Cincinnati Area Apartment Association is in happened to be the same corporate flag of the folks that I was buying the property from. And they owned the building that the apartment association was in and, in fact, occupied the first floor of the building. So it was uh, 
when I went to the Apartment Association to do my research to get the top management companies to get a, a vendor list so I could start building uh, the model, um, of course, uh, the company I was buying from was at or near the top of the list of the local management companies that were thought to be in the top five uh, of the group. So that was uh, that was a little interesting uh, to get past. Yeah, but, I've never uh, heard that part uh, of the story. Things- I've never heard that part yeah. of the story before. That's, uh, that's interesting because I thought you just knew them because you were buying from them. So you found out from the apartment association. That's a good good thing to check, too. Uh, apartment association has a lot of inside information on things. So go ahead with your story. Sorry to interrupt you. I just never heard that part before. Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, so I, I uh, as I said, I spent a couple of days driving the old neighborhoods, reconfirmed everything, eventually decided this deal was going to work, and uh, we put it under contract. That in itself was uh, a little bit of a process. The uh, group uh, that was selling it, uh, obviously, they own 6,500 units, not manage, but own 6,500 units in the greater Cincinnati area. And as that, they have a special relationship with brokers that sell these things for them or or, uh, find them for them to buy. And I had an interview process that I had to go through to kind of prove that I could do this from Texas. They were leery of the process themselves, which I thought was pretty interesting as well. Well, let's take a break at that point right there because uh, we've got to go to go to break, and uh, that's a good spot that we can pick that up. Come back and explain that when we get on the other side of the break here. Uh, we'll be right back with Scott Van Austin and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life changing principles in just a few minutes. Get total freedom in your life safely and quickly. Build wealth and passive income so you never worry about working until you drop, losing your job, or retiring in poverty. Over 25 years ago, Dell Walmsley founded Lifestyles Unlimited. Dell has taught over 100,000 people, just like me and you, the principles of financial freedom through his national radio shows and personal one-on-one mentoring at Lifestyles Unlimited. I'm excited to tell you about the real estate workshop that has changed so many lives. This workshop takes you inside what we do and what we believe. We'll share with you the five ways we make money in real estate and much more. Just like your personal trainer, the Lifestyles Unlimited team will motivate, encourage, and teach you so you can get in the best financial shape of your life. Call 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com. That's lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com to register for the workshop that will change your life. That's lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com. You have to decide, am I willing to get in right now? Is the world over? Is the good world over? Is it going to crash? Miss your chance to ask Dell a question during the show? You can connect with Dell off the air, too. Go to DellOnTheRadio.com, click on the Twitter link, and ask your question. Hashtag AskDell. I believe that a good teacher has the skill set to be able to bring people through multiple levels of learning that are completely different from one another. Have a comment for Dell instead? Use hashtag TellDell. We know you're out there, hiding in plain sight, living a life of quiet desperation, wondering if you're going to beat your money to the grave. There's a better way, a better life at Lifestyles Unlimited. It's time to live the life you deserve. You can only do that by creating passive income. Let us show you how. It's just two hours. 
It can't be worse than another meeting about meetings or another mindless night in front of the TV. Go to LifestylesUnlimitedAustin.com. That's LifestylesUnlimitedAustin.com. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Scott Van Austin, who is discussing with us the pros and cons of investing in cities other than the ones you live in. As we went to break, he was talking about his Cincinnati deal and that he had just found out that he had just found that the property management company he was buying from was one of the better ones uh, in Cincinnati. So, Scott, go ahead and pick it up from there. I had to cut you off. I apologize. Yeah, no problem. So, uh, you know, from there, I took back the information and I made phone calls from Houston for a little while. I called all the management companies, did, uh, you know, kind of interviews over the phone. And I really set up uh, the next visit, which was the due diligence part of the purchase process. I took three members of my team from Houston up there and we were there for a couple of days. We did all the unit walks. We did the lease audit. And since I took them all the way to Cincinnati, I uh, had to entertain them a little bit, so I set them up with some things, a Reds game. Uh, uh, I interviewed management companies in person that I talked to over the phone to start to narrow things down, and uh, some interesting things started to happen. Um, part of the entertainment that I set up with them was, was also uh, part of my plan to get involved in the apartment association there. They had what I'll call a booze cruise. It's a paddle boat on the Ohio River with a band and food and uh, you know, everything going on as a social event that was going on while we were up there. So I bought us tickets and we went on that thing. And sure enough, the president of the company that I was buying from was there with a couple of his people. And we really just hit it off. Uh, Bruce and I uh, just had a lot in common. And uh, he started introducing me around as the guy that was, you know, coming from Texas and entering the market and buying a deal from them. And uh, it was just a great time and, and a fun event. The, the weird part that started to happen there is coming out of the due diligence, my third trip up there was for the lender visits uh, for unit walks and lease audits. And from the due diligence, I actually found myself in an area where I needed to retrade these guys a little bit. So uh, without the broker that should have been in the middle of this thing, I went straight to their office and we were sitting at the conference room table, uh, in their office and I'm in the process of retrading them. Now in my head, I've also decided that I really like them the best of any of the companies that I have interviewed. And as I was transitioning the conversation and we got past the retrade to, would you guys take back third party management on this deal? I get a text from John Ridgeway are you buying a deal in Cincinnati? And my answer was, yes, why? And he said, because I'm sitting next to the CFO at a National Apartment Association committee meeting, and he wants to know if you're for real and what you're doing in Cincinnati. <laughs> so, you know, the small world and the network thing came back around. And uh, as these guys were telling me all the reasons why they didn't do third-party management, uh, we actually came to an agreement that they would take this thing back uh, for me, and they laid down their rules, and I laid down mine, and, and uh, we met in the middle. So it was uh, quite an interesting process uh, going through all that. So that is such a strange situation. I don't know that that many people are going to be able to relate to having that much connection to an area, to the people, and to the deal. Let's talk about something like the Del Rio deal. Let's move over to that and see what happened there. How did you yep. perform on that one? 
Yeah, so Del Rio, similar start to the story in that I wasn't looking to go there. In fact, I had at least two members bring this deal to me, and I was mentoring them on there, and it didn't work for them for a couple of different reasons. Um, one, uh, I'll get into later, but you know, when we get outside of the Houston area, we have a big problem here when we're underwriting deals now, and that is that uh, the Houston uh, Harris County Appraisal District is very aggressive on raising taxes when they see that a property has been purchased. And so we try and warn our members that you need to be ready for that to happen. Well, what I found out in Cincinnati, and I later found out in Del Rio, is that it doesn't happen that way everywhere else, and it didn't happen for two different reasons. One, in Cincinnati, they have state and local taxes there, and plus sales tax. So they have different revenue streams that fund their government, their schools, and everything else up there. Here in Houston, in Texas in general, we really just have property taxes, some sales tax, but really it's property taxes that pay the way in Texas uh, for everything that gets done. And in Houston and Dallas, I believe as well, uh, they've been very aggressive because the cities and municipalities have had shortfalls, and so they're trying to make it up by increasing the value of the real estate property in order to get the taxes out of you. Now, as it relates back to Del Rio, what after this, after I had essentially advised these two people that these deals weren't going to work with the setups that they had brought me, I ended up being in touch with the listing broker for a different reason, and I said, hey, I'm trying to help people on this Del Rio deal. It looks like it should work, price per door you know, all these sorts of things, but it doesn't. What are we missing? And one of the things we were missing was taxes. And the fact was out in Del Rio that they don't gross taxes up as hard as we do here. And part of the reason is that a lot of the land out there has ag exemptions on it. So it's just not where they go to get their tax money out there because with the ag exemptions, it really drives the taxable values down uh, out there. So I corrected for that uh, a little bit. And then the other thing that he told me that the previous members hadn't pointed out, they were all trying to put new debt on these things and relying on interest-only periods up front in order to make the deals work. Well, this deal happened to have a 3.6% interest rate on an existing loan, and that was key to the deal. So those are really deal-specific and not market-specific. But there are many other things with the uh, area that we can get into as well. All right, so you found a deal. You decided that it had some things. I guess the key, what I'm, I'm pulling out of this is the key is that there was something wrong with this deal that just didn't make sense, and you went and found what it was, and that's how it it made it make sense. Why was it worth it to go that far away with this deal? What made it worth going that far away for? So here's what I had to convince myself. One, I was intrigued by the deal because it's a Class A, and as you know, in the major markets, Class A deals are just really thin on return, and they don't work. This one, once I found out those two keys, it actually had a pretty decent return to it, and I thought there was upside. So I really had to convince myself it was worth the effort, and I got my car and I drove for five hours to go see the deal and spend some time in Del Rio, Texas, that I didn't even know existed You know, a month prior, two months prior. Um, on that trip, I submerged myself. I didn't have a connection to the area. I submerged myself in the city. I went to the Chamber of Commerce. Those folks reached out. I told them what I was there for, and they spent well over an hour uh, really downloading a lot of data on me about what was good and what was bad about Del Rio. Uh, I went to a local, I'll call it a diner. I sat at the uh, bar and ordered lunch, and I just talked to people, the person behind the counter that was serving me, the people on either side of me, and I really tried to get a feel for what made this place work and really why was there even a Class A property in this town. 
because I also found out that there was a lot of subsidized lower income type properties in this town. And, and this, this thing literally has no competition. It's the only thing like it in the small town. Uh, so I had to kind of figure out uh, that whole piece and what the person who built it was thinking 10 years prior when they had built this thing. Uh, now, having said that, similar, though, Scott, having said that, this being a small town, this is also a small property, right? It's only 100 and some units, right? That's correct. It's only 112 units, so it was definitely built to the scale where the town could support it. I think that was instrumental. Um, and it was built for all the right reasons. What my uh, research told me there is that if you make above a certain dollar amount there and if you don't live in a house this is really the only place for you to go to get what is you know probably considered appropriate living uh, for your income level and you know one of the scary things when I first got in there was that it's largely government uh, employment out there there's an Air Force base out there uh, you've got border patrol you've got immigration you've got uh, DPS local law enforcement. It's a federal uh, seat for a courthouse as well. So you've got all the things that go along with that. And it's a regional medical uh, facility. So we had, those were our target residents. All those ones I just hit are the people in the income uh, category. In the case of the Air Force Base, there's guys coming and going uh, that are stationed there temporarily, but they get backfilled when they leave. And so the, the uh, their pilots that are at this Air Force Base uh, were a pretty good chunk, about 10% of the resident population in the apartment complex there. So I had to get comfortable uh, that that government uh, support essentially was going to stay in the area as well. And what was the occupancy there. when you were doing your research? What was the occupancy during your research? So because of the turnover of the pilots there, I was very concerned about that. And I got three years' worth of profit and loss statements and occupancy trends. And once a year, these pilots turn over and about 10% move out and 10% move in. It kind of looks like a student housing in that respect in the month of July and August uh, while this is happening. But the occupancy trend showed that with the exception of that month where it would dip down to 90% regularly, it was constantly above 95%. So it was a very solid uh, investment from that standpoint. All right, great. Well, we'll take a break at that point. When we come back, we'll finish up uh, what the upside you saw in this thing was, why you thought it was worth going five-hour drive out there to get to. We'll be right back with Scott Van Austin and the Dell Walmsley Radio Show. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life changing principles in just a few minutes. Did you know that every dollar you invest in real estate makes you money five ways? Cash flow, money in your pocket each month, equity capture, the thousands of dollars you create when you have the right team and buy the right property using the right map, appreciation, real estate can increase in value over time, equity buildup, renters pay down your mortgage each month, and finally, the tax advantage. When done correctly, real estate investors pay no taxes on our cash flow and capital gains. At Lifestyles Unlimited, these are the five ways we make money in real estate, which is why real estate accounts for more millionaires in the world today than any other investment vehicle. You should have some real estate in your portfolio. To learn how to attend a Lifestyles Unlimited free workshop, call 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com and register for the next available workshop. That's 866-971-8970. 
888-888-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com. Dell says the things you just can't say to your friends, boss, kids, financial planner, spouse, even the cat. Need him to deliver the message for you? Don't worry. Dell's past show archives are just a mouse click away. So go to DellOnTheRadio.com and turn your speakers up for everyone to hear. Dell delivers his daily Dellisms and liberating unconventional wisdom 24 hours a day at DellOnTheRadio.com. What would happen if you didn't show up for work tomorrow? For the next couple of days? For a week? A couple of months? A year? How long until you lose everything you've worked for in a fraction of the time it took to earn it? If this fear keeps you up at night, it's time to learn the strategies we teach at Lifestyles Unlimited. Start with the free workshop. Go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com and find your true financial peace, like so many of our members already have. That's lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Scott Van Ostrin. He's one of the multifamily mentors out of the Houston market. And Scott has been sharing with us his pros and cons for investing away from the city that you live in. Uh, as we went to break, he was going to share with us the reason he believed he had upside enough to make it worth a five-hour drive to go to Del Rio to purchase a small 116-unit apartment complex. Scott, why don't you go ahead and pick it up? What was the upside that you saw in this deal? I think if I was going to boil it down to one thing, it's better ownership and management. The uh, owner of this particular property is in a suburb of Denver, Colorado. The reason for sale, they had expanded into the Texas market under the hype of $120 oil four years ago. And they had this deal, and they also have one up in the middle of Odessa area, and they put both on the market with the same broker. So that's why the broker told me they were selling both properties. Uh, they, I, I actually ended up spending a lot of time talking to them in the process of uh, getting this acquisition done. And they said it was just too hard without having their own jet to fly down there and get into these areas uh, and so it was essentially absentee uh, ownership. Now, the other thing is that the management group that they had hired, which I think has a pretty good name in the industry, you know, the problem was they were running it out of San Antonio. And in the course of due diligence, we found out that the supervisor really only visited the property once per quarter, as was their requirement, and they had two properties in the city. So a two-hour drive, you know, getting back to where we started this conversation an hour ago, a two-hour drive was apparently too far for them to go once a month. Uh, which I would think would be the bare minimum. I go to Cincinnati pretty much once a month. Uh, I, I would think that's the bare minimum to manage these properties effectively. In fact, in the 30 days now that we've owned Del Rio, I've been out there twice. Uh, we went out for closing and to uh, kind of make the transition. I sent one of my supervisors out there once, and then I was out there again uh, with three other people last week. So we really bombarded this thing in 30 days to get the transition and get things going. Uh, more than they did in three quarters. Uh, and, and I think that's just a key. Uh, just being on site and being involved, you see things, you hear things, and you make adjustments to capitalize on those things. So some of the things that we've done, I found out that because of this absentee management, 
rents hadn't been raised in two years. Now, we bought this place. There were three vacant units at closing, and those three were already leased. So we don't have the ability to go in and do upgrades and charge more for them. So instead, we just started raising rents. We uh, raised rents 50 bucks on this property and really haven't done anything. Uh, except for new people at this point. And so far, everybody's renewing. No, they, again, I think this goes back to there's no other place for them to go, really. So, And, and maybe they recognize they've had a good deal for two years. Uh, the only things that we are focusing on now is what I would call common area amenities. So we're doing some upgrades in the fitness room. The pool area got new furniture last week while I was there. Uh, the office is going to get an upgrade. It's a 12-year-old, uh, you know, kind of color scheme and 12-year-old furniture and some things that need a little freshening up in there. Uh, LED lighting, some of the things we do to attain some efficiencies will happen, but not a whole lot of major expense going in uh, at this point. We're really just massaging it a little bit, giving it attention. Uh, one of the biggest things we can do from an efficiency standpoint is get the vendors in line. A lot of the support from vendors, and these are big vendors like Maintenance Supply and HD, comes out of San Antonio, so you have to time your uh, visits on when they're going to make deliveries with how your month is going. And uh, one particular uh, local vendor that the previous guys were using a lot, we found out he was doing their flooring there. They're paying twice as much as we pay for the same product here in Houston. So we've got to get that wow. streamlined. And I don't know yet if, if I'm going to beat them down on that vinyl plank that we use or if I'm going to buy it by the pallet and ship it out there myself and just have labor do it out there. I'm not sure the answer to that yet, but we're working on it. So you you see quite a bit of potential, and if you can raise the rents without having to give any upgrades to get those rent, rent increases, that should be quite a bit of a, a change. What cap rate does something like this get closed at? So, you know, a deal like this, if you're in the Houston market, would be, gosh, I mean, what do you think? Probably less than a five-and-a-half cap. So we have seen them at less than a five cap, but they may have trended up a little bit with interest rates at this point. We bought this thing on actuals at about a six and a half cap uh, in in Del Rio. And again, it came with a loan already on it of 3.64% interest, I believe. So the combination of those things on a six and a half cap, you get the arbitrage on the cap rate uh, versus the interest rate on the loan, plus the return on our money that we invested in the deal. So I I think it's going to be a home run um, as we get into it. It sure sounds like it, the way you're putting it together, uh, all the facts that surround it, uh, makes it worth it to go out there. What about the other one in um, Midland? Did you talk to them about that one? I did talk to them about Midland. Uh, I'll have to go back and see if that one's still on the market. Midland is a different, very different area than Del Rio. I was surprised I did look into the market. Uh, the money, income per capita there is much, much, much higher than I ever would have guessed it would be. There are a lot of either... Uh, operational facilities or whatever out of the oil and gas business uh, there. And there's a lot of money uh, in Midland and Odessa areas. So uh, I don't know if that one is still out there or not. But, you know, once we get this thing kind of put to bed and I'm comfortable with what we're doing there and have a grip on it, I'll take a look at it. They're not really drivable from one to the other. So it's two separate trips. And what all of this means, a five-hour car ride, 10-hour round trip, is that I've got friends beating on me and telling me I need to get my pilot's license and buy a small plane that'll carve that trip down to two hours <laughs> each way to buy back some of my time. And, you know, it sounds uh, crazy, but we've got two other members in the T&L group that are already taking their pilot's uh, test, so I may have some help, actually, in purchasing that plane. We'll see what happens. And, and the world is your oyster. Scott, thanks for coming on today and sharing this uh, information with us. I'm sure it's uh, going to 
enlighten a lot of people as to the thought process of whether or not they should go out of town. And, of course, uh, if someone is one of our members thinking about it, they definitely should get in touch with you so that you can mentor them through the process. I appreciate you coming on the show with us today. Thank you very much. The rest of you out there, remember this. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.